gracious and loving God, I come right now thanking you for your spirit of forgiveness. For God, your grace is so great that we can't even imagine what life would be like without it. On this Christ the King Sunday, God, we come to you honoring your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your presence of a most high God. Thank you for your ability to see what is forthcoming long before we can ever even imagine. For, Lord, your foresight is awesome. Whether you have protected us from fire, whether you have protected us from harm, whether you have protected us from eating the wrong thing, whatever your protection has been about this day, Lord, we thank you. For, Lord, this is a glorious and beautiful day, one that we will never see yet again. For when this day comes, if you are granted such, it will be another year and another time and many miracles shall occur. Father God, we thank you for blessing the families and holding them in your close arms. Whether they're grieving from a loss or whether they're sad because of healthy situations that keep a member in the hospital. Lord, we call upon you this day for your guidance. Move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be sweet words unto you. Cover me with your spirit. Cover this, your worship, through and through. Gracious Lord, we thank you for nurturing us with your word, teaching us to accept freedom, releasing us from all fear, hurt, harm, and danger, and a spirit of unforgiveness that holds us to the past. Let us receive your power, your grace, your mercy, and your love. And may the peace of God be with us always. Lord, let us remember that your love is enough and your grace is sufficient. We pray this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have enjoyed this month of November very much different than last year. Last year we were on the brink of renewing, restoring, rebuilding, and constantly calling the insurance company. We had a lot of great things that have occurred in our collective life as a body of Christ, but I'm almost sure each of you have a testimony of great thanksgiving that you could share with one another. But as we complete this series that started the first Sunday in November, the series is simply called When, which means walking in newness. We have started something that I think that God will continue as a reminder what it means to walk in his grace, what it means for us to walk in a spirit of willingness. For it isn't until we learn how to walk in his newness that we're able to sometimes look back and wonder how we made it over. I want you to consider these statements 
with me as I set the tone for this morning's closing of this series on wind. This comes, reading comes from Keeping Holy Time, and it simply says, Christ the King Sunday celebrates the kingship of God. The scriptures show Jesus as the one who fulfills the Old Testament messianic promises about the destiny of David and yet changes the understanding of what God's king will be like and what he will do. For you see, the observance of the last Sunday ought to remind us the kingship of the Lord. For it helps us acknowledge both Christ's sovereignty over all creation, his lordship over our individual hearts and lives. Why do I start there? I'm glad you asked. I want you to consider with me for just a few moments who made the sun? You don't have to answer back, but think about it. Who made the sun? Who made the stars? How about the sea? Did you make them? How about you, Mr. Stewart? Did you make them? I didn't either. Because the creator of the sun, the stars, and the sea, and all the world, before we were even born unto our mother's womb, he made all that is and all that will be. He knew the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, everything he already knew. It ought to make you go, wow. Wow, what a God. Turn to your neighbor and say, which of these great things that were just mentioned did you create? Which of them? Which of them did you make? Did you make this thing? How about the bubble bath? She said she got the bubble bath covered, but she didn't create the sea. No, she didn't say she made the bubble bath. Somebody else made the bubble bath, but either way... She neither created the sea, nor the sky, nor the stars in the sky. We ought to be able to say the kingship of Jesus Christ is a wow experience. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Jesus is wow. I mean, when you think about just how big God is, but just how careful he is, to watch when a car is just about to hit you. Or even if the car makes impact, he covers you. And everybody says, you shouldn't have made it out. Or maybe it's those special situations where you think about it. You were just about to feel like you were going to take your last breath. You know how we think ourselves sometimes into feeling sick. We sometimes think ourselves into taking our last breath. I'm just about to die. God knows the hour, the day, nor the time. But there are some things that go on in our lives that literally make us want to say, I knew I was just going to take that last breath. You know that pain in your back that you've had for 22 months that you said you were going to see about? 
and it just hurts you so bad that you said, if I get up out this bed and the Lord deliver me to my doctor, I will never wait this long ever again because whatever this is, it's going to kill me today. But if I live to tell about it, I know God is a good God. God is an awesome God. Because even in our desire to do the right thing, sometimes the wow moment is almost too much that we say he can't save us. And you get to the doctor's office, not where Miss Tina works, not at the hospital. You ain't in the emergency room. But you decide you're just going to go on and go to the doctor's office. And the doctor says, so what have you been taking for this? And you have all these lists of things you've been doing, none of them which is the medication that they prescribed the last time you were there. But you see, we're going to move into a time of more healthiness and understanding that we have to be willing to do the right thing. But even when we are just about to make that turn, God's grace is sufficient. And he says, no, I'm in charge of your last breath. I was in charge of your first breath, and I've been in charge of all the breaths in between. So don't proclaim you getting ready to take your last one. Just hold on and let you see the miracle, because when you have that wow moment, and the doctor simply says, if you had waited one more day, we would have had a hard time curing it. Isn't that a wow moment? Isn't that one of those kind of things where you say, I knew I should make that last piece of sweet potato? <laughs> But it's a wild moment because the bottom line is you know that you should have done something different. But God still says, you know, I'm going to give you one more chance because of the greatness of who I am. And not to minimize God's greatness into our humanness in such a small way. But God is just that mighty that he can watch your back. At the same time, he's watching your hearing. And the same time, he's watching your car. And the same time, he's watching your house. And the same time, he's taking care of your doctor's office. And the same time, he's delivering somebody, somebody off the corner from hell and damnation and situations where they have said, I don't want to smoke no more crack cocaine. But he said, wow. Will you worship me anyhow? Is he wow in your life? Is he worthy of outstanding worship? Is he worship to be called the king of kings in your life? Is he worthy to say, in spite of it all, when I slipped and I fallen short, walking in humanness, not being able to take care of all situations, because it's only by his grace that I made home in the first place. So when I walk up just a little crooked, he'll cover me in hell. Is he worthy of the worship? Because I preach this all by myself, because he bought us from a mighty of way. I don't know what I do, but he's a God of abundance. He is a God of goodness. He is a God of mercy. Every now and now I have to sit back and say, where has he brought us from? And I look over the years. And on Christ the King Sunday, what greater Sunday than to look over the years? 
But you see, as Christians, God gives us the freedom to pray, to pray more, to proclaim them, to stand with them. He gives us choice. And even when we make the wrong choice and we say, you know, I'm not ready to stand with you just yet, Jesus. Because if we're willing to be honest, we know Jesus is worthy of the worship. We know he's an awesome wonder. But every now and then, we're not sure about all of his choices over our lives. Why do I bring that in in the beginning? It's because if we're going to walk in newness, just like the second sermon talked about embracing the will of God, which is walking in love's light. The third talked about wanting more than anything, wanting to be all that God is calling us to be, walking and not grow tired on this road of this spiritual journey. It is for some time that we get to that point where we're right at the edge, just like the Israelites were right at the promised land. They had walked around so long that they were weary and wondering whether the promised land would ever come. But they were just right there. And when they got close, some of them said, you know, I ain't going. I done had children out here in the wilderness. I done met two or three other challenging situations. I ain't going no further. Y'all have just had to go by yourself. But God said, I... I'm a most high God. And I'm desiring that you would walk in newness. That I would transform your life. Reconcile you into new into newness. Not because of the great things that you have done, but for the greatness of what I will make you along the way. But we become great because we recognize just who the Lord is. In the book Second Samuel, the Old Testament reading, it told the story of the oracle, the last words of David. David who was considered to be a great king. David who had made many blunders. But they considered him to be a great king. For it is through the scripture it was said, For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and made secure. So if we're going to walk in newness. And we're going to embrace the willingness to be who God is calling us to be. And we're going to want, we have got to get to the point where the wow, being worthy of our worship, that we understand Jesus has already made a covenant with us. And that even when we fight and we toil and we struggle, he knows exactly what day and what hour we're going to put it down. He said, I know my people. Because when my sheep hear my voice, they will know that it was me who was calling. So the thing is, the covenant is not a necessarily a mystical moment. The covenant is a major promise. And you see, when you take the story of David out of the Old Testament and you move it through the biblical stories, you find that there's a full connection to when Jesus comes to the cross, when he sees Pilate, when he experiences that question that Pilate says, who do they say you are? They said you are a king. What is it that you have done? Are you the king of the Jews? 
that Jesus is fulfilling the promise. Not just any promise. He is fulfilling the everlasting covenant that one day you and I and all who are in the sound of the voice of the Most High God will be free. That's a wow moment. Can't you just see yourself being free to be all that God is calling you to be? Can't you see yourself looking at it and saying, you know, I could never have imagined where you wanted me to go, but because I submitted unto you, I bowed down to you, King Jesus. You made a promise, a covenant that was everlasting, to everlasting. And you said, I will make you not the footstools of your enemy, but I will make you great. Let me share with you these two other passages that weren't read so you can get a full picture. I hope that you will look at the lectionary in a whole picture to see how God is setting apart the understanding that Christ is the king. But Jesus Christ is our king. Yes, yeah. Whether you want to understand it to the fullness or not. Because in 21st century language, somebody said, well, why do we got to talk about a king? We got a president. All honor and glory. Give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Render what is to be rendered. Respect and honor. But George Bush is not my Jesus. Amen. I honor him. I think he does what he does. I don't have a beef right now. I don't have a beef with any situation. But the king is not George Bush. The king of England may be the king of that monarch and that government and that organization. But my king is not over there in England. And my king is not on Washington Boulevard down in Washington, D.C. My king is a Jesus Christ. And we need to be clear about who it is that we respect and honor and give glory unto. Because we can honor each other and support one another and love one another. But God calls us to say, call me the Most High God. But love your neighbor as you love yourself. But don't miss the fact that he is sovereign over all things. Sovereign isn't just any king. Sovereign is a level of respect and honor and glory and mightiness and respect that the covenant is so powerful that even if we were to get a glimpse, we would stretch down. Angels prostrate fall. Glory, glory, glory. Can't you just close your eyes and hear the thunder and remember how far he has brought you from? And remember the part that you couldn't remember because he was carrying you. Can't you just hear what it means to say glory, glory, glory. For Psalm 132 verses 1 through 12, I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to tap right in on verse number 8. It says, rise up, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your faithful shout of joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn your face. Do not turn your face from the anointed one. So in order to understand how we look at Jesus Christ, think of him as the exalted one. Think of him as the heavenlies of heavenlies. When we begin to sing the songs 
during Advent where we lift up the Christmas songs and we lift up the holy, holy, holy. We lift up the hallelujahs. Hallelujah is the highest praise. So if we're not saying, wow, we're not giving the spirit that is worthy of his worship. So we have to offer, offer outstanding worship, not just mediocre worship. And I want to pause right there because everybody doesn't worship the same. Amen? God has not called us all into simulcast worship. You raise your hand, I raise my hand, we raise our hand, hey, hey. Raise your hand, raise your hand, hey, hey. Everybody don't worship the same way. Amen? And some of us, our worship is our silence. Some of our worship is our quietness. Some of our worship is in our secret place. Some of our worship is in the closet. And don't look funny. I ain't been to your house. I don't know where your prayer closet is. But if you don't have one, you ought to make one. If you don't have one, you ought to be about prayer. Because it's your prayer and meditation that we learn how to worship God. Even when nothing is going right. Even when the situation just looks kind of strange. We can say, Almighty oh, God. How great thou art. You made a way out of nowhere. You moved me from place A to place B, not knowing what place A and place B was going to be for me. You kept me. And the reason I tell this story is because sometimes we get to the point we've been set apart. And we forget from whence we came. And we forget how good he is. And we forget what it says when it says in this book. And I, I, I have to go back and get my own songs of Zion. So my pages are wrinkled. Not because I sing them so well, but because that's where the bookmarker just stopped right there. But when I get to the point where I say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. You're the help that I need. The bottom line is I can talk about my story. I can look about where it brought me from. But the bottom line did he bring you from somewhere? Do you have your own wild experience? Do you want to sometimes just put your hands up? Don't even say a word. And the tears running down, even down from your teeth, is worship on the God say, oh, my God, how glorious and wonderful is your name. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Because the bottom line is he has kept us. And he keeps keeping us. But a covenant and degree that he teaches us is forever and ever. And in the book of Revelation, moves us from just saying Jesus is worthy of our praise to recognizing that Jesus is outstanding. In Revelations 1, 4 through 8, there's an introduction that encourages the churches, the seven churches, to learn how to witness. So not only is Jesus worthy of worship, he's worthy of the witness. Everybody got a testimony. And sometimes we sit on it because we don't want to tell nobody. Ain't nobody going to believe what I say. But when the Lord say, that's the one I need you to tell. It's amazing. In our humanness, we will tell but we might not tell her the glory. 
I said again. We'll call somebody and say, I'm a tell. So I lived in a family where there was only two girls, so it was either you did it wrong or the other one did it wrong or y'all both got together and did it wrong. But the first one, the mama, was the one who said, I'm a tell. It wasn't a testimony. It wasn't even a testimony. It was beat the sister to mama, so hopefully the punishment wouldn't be so deep. But my mother had a trick for her. She connected our punishment. If you the one telling and you was the one involved, you still got part of the blame. Nobody got all the problem and nobody got all the glory. She connected it all. And when my sister got a certain age, and I knew my sister wanted to go to the Saturday night party, I would run and tell. So my mother got hip. My mother said, mm-mm, I think that one was you. And I said, oh, no, Mom, no, no. Internet thought it up. She said, no, baby. I made them mourn some night, but it wasn't last night. So even though Jesus is worthy of all the praise, until we step to where God wants us to be, we can't give the outstanding praise because we over here telling what ain't the praise. But the praise is so mighty and the praise is so glorious. If we just thought about it and said for the next 30 days, all I'm going to talk about with people is the praise of a most high God. Can't you imagine what December and the month of Christmas would be like? If you just walked up to somebody and somebody said, how you doing this morning? And say, you say, same old, same old. The honor and glory is unto God. He walked me up the hill. me on my way. Made a new situation, newer than it could ever be. I mean, he just brightened up my morning day. Even they look at you like the Cranville, they get to testify too. By the time y'all leave the market basket, all y'all would be shouting. Because God is just that good. Because Revelation says grace to you and peace from him who is. And who is and who is the call? And from the seven spirits who are before the throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. That says it all. If you can't get the wow, if you can't recognize the worship, if you can't recognize the witness, if you can't recognize that he is outstanding, you missed it. But even if you missed it and you jump down to verse 8, he says, for I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the who is and who was and who is to come, for I am the Almighty. That ought to make some of us just, wow, man, he's all that in a bag of chips, plus some. He is greater than I can even imagine. And in his greatness, there's somebody asking, if he's all that great, how come we have poverty? If he's all that great, what's with his age? If he's all that great, how come we have these hurricanes? Back to back to back to back. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Because the will of God is that we would humble ourselves. It's not that tragedy was created by our sinfulness. But the reality of it is 
we have to recognize what it means to walk in the will of God. For the will of God, there is circumstantial will. There are things that have come that are bigger than our imagination. And there are things that we honestly can look back and say, had it not happened, we wouldn't realize how good God is. Because there's some things, just like in the book of Job, that our faith will be tested in such a way that you have to realize that God is an awesome God. God is an outstanding God. God is a God that wants to bring us into fullness and newness. But it is through him that we ask the question, if we are to have the wow moment, what in the world was Pilate talking about? For yes, Jesus is worthy. Jesus is outstanding. But Jesus is the king. And the king is to be worshipped. For verse 37, this passage stops. But I share with you the closing portion of this so that you will understand where Pilate was going. For Pilate said in verse 38, what is the truth? With this, he went on again and said that the Jews, he found no basis for convincing Jesus Christ. So Pilate didn't find any basis for it. Why did Jesus? get home and go to the cross and need to be resurrected for your sins and mine. That's the wow moment. That is the saving grace moment. That is the awesome moment that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who shall ever live shall have eternal and everlasting life. For it's just that important to God that we would be coming out of our sinfulness, that the original sin would not keep us back, that the disobedience in the garden would not hold us hostage for the rest of our life. For it's from the Old Testament, go to the New Testament, that the revelation knowledge is given that we would understand. That even though Pilate sentenced him, he sentenced him out of worldliness. But by sentencing him out of the worldliness decision, the fulfillment of the scriptures occurs. And through the fulfillment of the scriptures, the wow moment goes over and over and over yet again. For when we're to walk in newness, we must worship the Most High God. If we're to have the will to walk in the love light of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to appreciate and embrace the wild moment. For he is worthy of outstanding witness. If we are to recognize all the wilds throughout our whole life, we're going to have to bow down to the king. For in our weakness, we are made strong. It is through our worship that the difference occurs. Consider this in your prayers. Ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to help you remember that Ezekiel song or the song that says, leaning on the everlasting arm. Or the song that says, you're at the altar. 
or the psalm that says, let every voice and sing, or the battle hymn of the Republic for it says, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. For he is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of Ralph are stored. Or maybe your song is nothing between you and me. Or maybe your song is Jesus keeping me apart. But whatever your song is, be able to simply say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. All you are worthy of the worship. All you are worthy of outstanding witness. Let my body and my mind be renewed and restored. Let the forgiveness of the Most High God come down apart the church, the body, the people, the community, so that we would be able to be the witness. Because there should be no one that misses coming to the kingdom because our witness is not of the glory of God. We are the eyes, the hands, the ears, and the feet to do the work and the witness until the king yet comes again. To God be the glory. I pray that we will all walk in newness. I pray that we will have the willingness to be made and transformed into newness. And I pray that we will want, so we will walk and not grow tired, that at the beginning and the end and throughout each day of our lives, that when anything comes upon us, we can simply turn and say, wow, Jesus is good. Wow, he is the king of kings. Wow, he is the awesome wonder. Wow, he is all that God is calling us to be. Wow, he is something else. Wow, wow, wow. The doors of the church are open. Let us stand and sing blessed assurance, remembering the wow moments in our lives. If you don't know Jesus as the personal savior, but you want the door, you want to have that wow received this notice. Lynn Lloyd and her committee uh, distributed 88 Thanksgiving cheer baskets. The Family Life extends a heartfelt thank you to Lynn Lloyd and her committee for a job well done. It's Emmanuel Blow, and we pray that those families 
will continue to receive the ongoing blessings. Amen. We have an acolyte. Amen. Y'all ready? As we depart from this place, let us leave with a spirit of service in our hearts. Let us know that God calls us to walk in newness. Pray that our willingness and our wants and desires are such that we are constant wow moments for everyone who sees and experiences us through a most loving and cherished God. May Jesus Christ be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Go forth and be blessed.